Yeah, a new one came out today. Yeah, yeah check it out. All right, so take your Bibles, open it up to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Bibbles. Sorry, I mispronounced it. It's actually Bibles, in case you were wondering. And if you have more than one Bible, open all of them to 1 Peter chapter 5. Hey, we have some overachievers, that's all I'm saying. What's that? There you go. Very good. Very good. Very good. All right. So, dating, engagement, and marriage. So, we're going to be hitting this. There's going to be several different parts to this. So, we're just going to kind of hit all the way through. We're going to set some foundational things this week. Um, and then we're going to jump back into it next week and just kind of keep building on that foundation. There's a lot of things that I'd like to cover tonight. We may not be able to get through all of it, but I was just being a little aggressive. So, I decided to make it a two-sider. Um, I know, right? So, we'll see how this, how this goes and where this takes us. All right. First of all. This is the picture that we've been reminding ourselves every single week. Somebody explain this for me. I was really caught off guard, Leah, by you having that in your nose. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all right. I figured you had a bloody nose, and I'm like, Leah, would you like to explain the picture? Go ahead. No. <laughs> okay, so you got, like, God up the top. Yeah. And you got you, that little jumping jack guy. Yeah. And then you got whoever, whatever relationship you're in with the question mark. Yes. So, naturally, as a Christian, you should get closer to God, and so... You should, if you're dating specifically, that person that you're dating should be about the same distance from God or higher up than you because you want to know that it's level so you keep that triangle intact because otherwise it throws the same ball, whopper jod, and relationships Whop, get Whopper jod? Whopper jod. I've never heard of that one. And then relationships get, you know. Must be a Northwest term. Um, yeah, there you go. And, and here's the other side of it too, is that when you take a look at this over here, Let's say, for example, you are interested in walking with God. And let's say this person is not. Well, the closer you get with God, the farther away from that person it's going to be. So, and you think about that from the other perspective, too, because you can't have it both ways. Like, it's not possible. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this before, but this could be this way with your friends. You could be, I mean, in a dating relationship, you can be any kind of relationship. But if you have to work hard at keeping that relationship with that other person, and it ends up being, it takes such a strain on your relationship with God, then you have to give up one or the other, eventually. Or you keep kind of a so-so relationship with this person where you can't really be that close because you're pursuing God and your relationship with God so much that you can't keep being around this person. Now, those would be like my acquaintances. I had a lot of acquaintances growing up, people that were my friends, but they weren't really my close friends just because they weren't interested in walking with God. And because they weren't interested in walking with God, then it never really worked out. Like there's just a lot of things that didn't mesh in our life. And so if I wanted to have friendships with those people that did not want to walk with God, then I had to basically stop walking with God in order to have things in common with them. Does that make sense? So it's the same thing when it comes to dating. And I can't tell you how many times that I've seen people that call themselves Christians completely drop off the rails to date someone who's lost and they just don't walk with God anymore because it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And you can try as much as you want, and you can try to prove me wrong, but in the end, you'll find out I was right. Because I've been there. I know exactly what I'm talking about. And you can talk to some of our leaders from some of their experiences and from some of the other students that are in here from some of their experiences. So this is a vital principle that you guys need to remember. That's why we talk about it every single week. All right, so let's talk about this. The history of dating. All right, opening paragraph. The dating, engagement, and marriage process... 
that most of us are familiar with today is something that is relatively new. From ancient past until the early 1900s, tradition, culture, politics, money, and power were most of the reasons for marriage, not emotion. Love between a husband and his wife was often considered a weakness from the world's perspective. It was something that could only be found through adultery. And that's the truth. Like if you were to go back and study this and where dating even came from, that is absolutely true. You go back, I mean, even some of the, the, you know, like shows that maybe you guys see from, you know, that were, that take place and they try to represent the times that they lived in back in that time. It was always arranged marriages. It was always marriages that were based upon promises that the families made to each other. Like rich families always married one another. Yeah. I have somebody in my AP history class. Their parents have an arranged marriage. Like legit? Legit. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so some of those things still exist today. Yeah, Jack. Do you know Morrison's Pet Shop? Yeah. No. That's an arranged marriage. That that guy in town, Colton, he like his wife is Asian. He like pretty much bothered. (laughs) (laughs) And those things happen. Okay, but here's the thing: is that when you study out, because it's important for you guys to know like where even dating came from. A lot of it was arranged marriages. Like the reasons why they put two people together was not because they were the most compatible emotionally or they just had these serious butterflies in their tummies that they couldn't get over, so let's just get married. Like that didn't even like exist at all whatsoever. And so what you found out is that these people had to learn how to love each other or they just married because of the worldly benefits of being together and they ended up having affairs on the side in order to have love with other people. And I mean love in quotes, like not biblical love, because obviously affairs can't be biblical love. All right. Just want to put that out there in case you're confused. <laughs> All right. Okay. So that leads us to this point here. So let's be honest. This kind of love, talking about the whole adultery and finding love and emotion through those sorts of things that the world refers to is nothing more than lust. One of the main ways pride manifests, manifests itself is through lust. I don't know if you knew that. But if you struggle with lust in your life, it's because you are very prideful. Very prideful, very self-centered because you're only thinking about yourself and what you want and what you desire over what anybody else, especially what the Lord desires. Lust is a very powerful tool that our flesh, this world, and the enemy of God employs to defile us in in God's plans and purposes for our lives. So before we dive any deeper into this part of the, the series, we need to review some very important groundwork. All right, so we can answer this stuff together because we've talked about these things before. So what is the most important relationship we should focus on and why? And this came out of Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. Yes. Why? Why is the relationship with God the most important one to focus on? Kind of goes back to our triangle picture. Yeah. Yep, it's the only one that matters. What else? Timmy. Yeah, exactly. Because think about it. Did Who created relationships? God did. Like he's the one that created the very first relationship. And he created Adam and there was no counterpart. So who was God supposed to have a relationship with? Adam, right? So that was the very first relationship. And then God saw Adam and said, it's not good for a man to be alone. I've given him this mission and I want him to go out and be fruitful and multiply. And so I'm going to create a help meet for him. And so then God created that relationship. And so that tells us something very, very important. That if your relationship with God is not solid, pun intended. All right. If your relationship with God is not what it's supposed to be, and you're not walking with him on a daily basis, it is almost impossible to have relationships with other people that are godly. 
This is very important. So if you have ungodly friendships, ungodly dating relationships, ungodly even relationships with your parents, chances are it's because your relationship with God is very poor and very weak. So you need to think about that. Because if you have a good relationship with God and you strengthen that bond with him, then he will give you perspective on all your other relationships. All right. What is the purpose of the marriage relationship? To reproduce. Yep, that's part of it. Reproduce what? Children. Children. <laughs> Did you say people? Yeah. For a second, you said evil. <laughs> people. Okay. To reproduce physically. But then what is also the other purpose of the marriage relationship? Yes. And so to reproduce spiritually through the marriage relationship. So according to Ephesians 5, the husband and the wife have a unique opportunity to show the entire world a picture of the gospel. Because the husband is the picture of Christ and the bride is the picture of who? The The church or you and I together corporately and individually. And this is why this is why it's so important that the marriage stays the way that God designed it to stay. And this is why it's so important that we understand this because the marriage relationship is under attack like nobody's business. And if you're if if you grew up in a household that there was dysfunction between your parents or you only were around one parent or something happened where there was just major infighting between your parents that led to a divorce or other things like that, then, I mean, that has a toll on you, doesn't it? I mean, for those of you that are in that circumstance, can you, can you agree with that? Has that not had a toll on your life and, and, and the decisions you've made and the perspectives that you have? It absolutely does. And so that's why it's important for you guys to understand this for one purpose, because there's going to come a day where hopefully, Lord willing, that you end up getting married because most people end up getting married and some people don't. And that's okay because God has orchestrated all that. But if you are a person that's going to get married, you have an incredible opportunity to show this entire world the gospel through your relationship. And that can only happen as you walk with God and as your spouse walks with God. The moment the one spouse stops walking with God, that picture is broken and it's done. And if that continues, it's only a matter of time before there is no relationship. And that's how it goes, unfortunately. And now the world is very accepting that it's just normal that those things happen, which is ridiculous. That's not normal. That's not what God intended. All right. And then the third question. When the above questions are answered from a biblical perspective, how should it impact your views on dating? How should it impact your views on dating? <coughs> yeah. Should it be a very, like, serious thing, not just something you go around and just do? Yes, absolutely. Dating is something that you should not just do flippantly. I think a lot of people, and I think you guys could even give testimony to this with some of the people that you know at school, they treat dating very flippantly, and they have for a long time. All right, what else? I was just going to say, like, a lot of people date just to date. They don't consider, like, oh, I could marry this person one day. They just go Mm -hmm. out and date whatever they want. Yeah, yeah, and you shouldn't be doing that. I mean, you shouldn't. You should take dating very, very seriously. Now, I was someone, and I'll just tell you my, my story, I was someone that I could not date a lot of people. I mean, there are certain people that are just wired a certain way. I've always been a very, very serious person. I've always been a very deep thinker. Um, and when it came to this level of commitment, I always took it very, very, very serious. And so I can count on one hand the people that I've dated. And out of all that, I have major regrets. I have major regrets. And as I look back on it, there are people that I should not have dated. I shouldn't have. 
but my rule of thumb in my own heart, my own mind was, it was that if I don't see myself eventually walking down the aisle and marrying this person, then I should not be wasting my time with them or my emotions with them. I shouldn't. Because my experience has been is that every relationship that I get into, especially since I took it that seriously, I was very heavily invested emotionally. And because I was invested emotionally, when the breakup occurred, I was absolutely devastated. And there were pieces of me that still to this day belong with that person. When in reality, it should only belong to my wife. And I feel bad about that. There's aspects of my heart, my emotional being, that are with these other girls that should have been for Megan. And that's just been my story. And I hate it. It is part of my story. So I appreciate the things that God has taught me through it. Don't get me wrong. But if I were to go back and do things different, and I have this perspective that I have now, just through the experience of of just wisdom through time, uh, you know, I probably would have handled things very differently. Okay, so this leads us to this point here. This This is rocket science. This is hard to understand. So make sure that you're paying attention to this, okay? All right, so in case you're wondering, so dating leads to engagement and engagement leads to marriage oh my i know right i know i know i know my mom boom all right so but this is something that we need to talk about because most people if you were to say hey uh by the way um dating leads to engagement engagement leads to marriage they're like huh no kidding but yet but think about it and this is the point People don't think. They date just to date, but they don't think about where it's going. All they're interested in is this person likes me. I like them. They think I'm attractive. I think they're attractive. I love how they make me feel. And, and you know, they bring whatever to my life. And so now I'm at a point where I'm going to be with them. And they never take a moment to stop and to realize the seriousness of that step of the relationship of becoming very exclusive to realize that this is supposed to lead to marriage. Okay, And some people have the mentality that, you know, you can date someone to get to know them and through that process that then you can find out who you're going to marry or not. Okay, I get that. I could not do that. There are some people that can do that because the way they're wired, the way they think, the way they work through things, they can do that. I just, I couldn't do that. My, I was too invested. Like just to give you an example of out of all the relationships that I've had, um, every single one of them, they broke up with me except for one. Now, I've seriously dated four people. And out of the four people that I've dated, one of them is my wife. So she didn't break up with me. Um, but then out of the other three, out of the, thanks, appreciate the uh, vote of confidence there. All right, we're 11 years in. I think we're, I think we're doing okay at this point. All right, so the other three that I dated... Out of the three, two of them broke up with me. The other one I ended up breaking up with, and it took way too long, like way too long. I let it go way too long to the point where it was not good for me, but in my own, in my, my own heart and mind, I was loyal, and I was committed to her, and I just made it work, when in reality, I should have broken up with her. I shouldn't have even dated her to begin with, but that's my testimony. So that's who I was. There are certain people they can date, and they can do that casually. I don't understand them, just personally. I just, I just don't understand them at all, but there are some people that can do that. I personally believe that in an environment like this, you guys can get to know one another on a level that you can get to know someone's personality and who they are and what they like and what they don't like and their strengths and their weaknesses without ever really committing to be exclusive with that person. I think it's totally possible. 
Because, I mean, how would you do that? Give me some practical ways that you could do that with guys and girls in this room and then in this, in this ministry. Hey, yeah, communicating. How about that? Did you know that you can communicate with the opposite sex? <gasps> okay, yeah, there's that one. <laughs> yeah. Just like hanging out as a group, like when we go to Dairy Queen and stuff. Yeah, DQ. Great place to find out if you're going to marry somebody or not. Favorite ice cream flavor matters. Yeah, yeah, good. What else? Give me another example. Give me another example. Yeah. Just like observing people. Yeah. Being a creeper. Observing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, you're totally right because because you can see like. When someone's struggling, or, or let me just give you an example. Um, like, let's say someone's struggling in their walk with God, and their attendance here is really inconsistent. Yeah. Or there are certain things that, that they keep struggling with over time. I mean, like, if you're someone who you are in love with God, and you want to do everything that God wants you to do, and, and you're even like, you know what, God, if you would want me to be in full-time ministry someday, and, and you're like, man, and you're pursuing God with everything you have, then... I'm sorry, don't be wasting your time with someone who's completely unfaithful. Who's here like maybe one out of every four weeks who, you know, may miss like, I mean, you should be interested in someone who is here every single Sunday involved in everything they're doing, have the same convictions that you have because you can see there's evidence through observation. They love God. They walk with God. They want to do whatever God wants them to do. And honestly, if you have that mindset yourself, then that other person is going to be very attractive to you. And we're going to talk about all that stuff in the coming weeks too, but that's just an example. All right, what else? Go ahead, Isaac. Um, you can tell if they're Christian and like ask about their walk. Because mm-hmm. like, no one here should be opposed to talking to you about the faith. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even through stuff like that, and especially if they say that they're Christian, I mean, people that act one way at church and another way at school and another way at home, eventually those things get completely break down. And so as you observe someone, you spend time with them, you'll end up finding out who they actually are. And chances are you probably already know anyway because those things really don't work. You can't put a facade on for very long. Yeah, no. Just by getting to know who their best friends are. Mm-hmm. Who they spend time with. Absolutely. That's huge. How about this one? Serving together. When you guys do vacation Bible school together, when you go on mission trips together, you're around each other in a ministry environment, and you get to see how each other are in that type of an environment. So be thinking about that, all right? So those are just some examples. Okay, so let's hit this bottom part. The most important decision in your life is whether or not you will receive the gospel of Jesus Christ and be born again. The second most important decision in your life is who you will marry. These two decisions will forever determine the direction and course of the rest of your life. God certainly has the ability to use our lives for his honor and glory regardless of what we decide, but don't be fooled. Satan knows how important these decisions are, and he will do everything in his power to alter God's direction for your life. He will do everything in his power. So we're already in 1 Peter 5. Take a look at this verse. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9. Someone read that, 8 and 9. Uh, go ahead. Come on. Be sober. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so you have to understand that the devil is a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour. 
And when you study lions and how they hunt, who do they attack? The weakest. And they look for the most prime opportunity. So the best way for you not to be attacked by the roaring lion that is the devil is for you to do what? Be strong. Yeah. Be strong. Push down the weak. No. You. <laughs> you. you <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you get yourself strong to the point that you can help support the weak and help them get strong so that way you and the person next to you can be as strong as possible. Okay. So that is the correct answer. Thank you, Noah. All right. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. So let's talk about dating for a second. All right, so this is another picture that we're going to be bringing up, and we're going to substitute this triangle for the other one during the whole dating section of our series. So go ahead and flip over your guys' study sheets, and we're going to hit this one. All right, so with dating, never forget, every date is a potential mate. It rhymes, so it's easy to remember. Every date is a potential mate, okay? So just let that ring through, um, so that way you guys can never, ever forget that. Burn it in your minds. Okay. Dating leads to engagement and engagement leads to marriage. And consequently, you should never date anyone that you do not see yourself marrying. We've already talked about that. Looking at things from this point of view is foreign for most people, but you need to remember that you are not most people. If you're born again, you are a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and your life is not your own. Man, look up those verses later. It is so true. When you make a decision to marry someone, God is involved whether you like it or not because you belong to him. There are many people that choose to marry somebody and many people choose to date somebody just because that's what they want to do. And they completely forget that God is involved whether you want him to be or not. If you are born again, God is in you. And if you unify yourself with another person, God is involved. So why not get his opinion ahead of time? Why not talk to him about it? Why not pray about it? Why not take some time just to make sure this is what he wants? Why not go into the scriptures and see what the characteristics are of a godly man or woman and then pursue those things? Because that's what he wants for you. But most people don't think about this kind of stuff. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. And so therefore, choose to rise up to the standard that is becoming of your family name. That's the choice that you have to make. Most won't. Most will not. Most will not heed these biblical principles. They'll go and do whatever they want because it makes them feel better. Just, you know, to do whatever they want. And most will not do this. Okay, so I want to explain this picture. And then I want you guys to answer these questions in your own spare time, just so that way you can be thinking about this in preparation for next week, okay? All right, so this is a picture that I was shown after I made my biggest mistake of my life when it came to dating and relationships and stuff and, and all that stuff. I was reading a book, and this model came up, this picture came up, and the way that it was explained to me, I tell you what, it was exactly what I needed. And I knew that when I put this material together that I had to include this as well. So there's two ways to approach relationships when it comes to dating, engagement, and marriage. You can approach it God's way or you can approach it the world's way. Now I have God's way right side up and I have the world's way upside down. Now this is the way things work. And we're going to talk about the world's way first. When it comes to the world's way, the very first thing that they begin with is always physical Every single time, it's about the physical attraction because that's the first thing that you look at. look at or see. It's the first thing that you see. And so it's very easy to look out amongst a crowd of different students, different people, and find people, oh, I'm attracted to that person. Oh, man, they're pretty hot. It's smoking. All right, and then you kind of work through, and you're like, ah, uh-uh, ah, uh-uh, maybe, ah, uh-uh, ah, uh-uh. and then, you know, kind of swipe left, whatever, Tinder it. All right, so... 
So when it comes to that, that's how the world sees things, is from the physical perspective first. And then, and then they consider the emotional. The emotional side of things. How well do we get along? How much do we have in common? You know, uh, what, what are our likes and dislikes? How compatible are we? All that kind of stuff. It's important, but generally speaking, it's always physical first and then emotional. And there are some people that are more attracted to the emotional side first than the physical, but either way, that's the wrong place to start. And then when it comes to the world's way, eventually, when they have time and opportunity, then they will eventually talk about the spiritual, maybe. And that's always the last thing that they talk about. Now, is this true or not? Yes. This is exactly what you see out in the world. This is exactly how we're raised. This is exactly what you see on TV. This is exactly what you see in the different programs. And I mean, everywhere you go, this is exactly how it rolls. It's physical first, emotional, how well do we get along, and eventually spiritual. Now, here's the reality. If you are someone that talks about the spiritual part last, that shows you how much it means to you. It means very, very little. But here's the reality. When you do it God's way, the spiritual always comes first. Always. Without a doubt, the spiritual comes first. There should be a God-given, just, I mean, plain as day, black and white, just rule that you have in your life that you are not going to date someone who's lost. Because that is what the Bible says. Very clearly. Very, very clearly. And we'll be talking about that in the future too. But the Bible says very clearly, if you're born again, you have no business intertwining your life with someone who's lost. That is not my opinion. That is God's. And that's what he has said. And then over time, you find out, you know what? We're pretty compatible. There's elements of them that really complement me. There's elements of my life that complement them. And even though we're opposites in some of these things, we really seem to fit well together and we work well together. And then lastly, it should be the physical. And that's why I lined it up with the dating, engagement, and marriage. Now, it doesn't always line up perfectly with that, and I totally get that. This is just the most ideal scenario. Is that when you look at this, you know, when it comes to the spiritual, that's got to be first. And then the emotional, how will you get along? And then lastly, it's the physical. And that's why it lines up with the dating, engagement, and marriage. And that's why God reserves that physical marriage bed for married people. And so think about that. Logically speaking... When it comes to people, what's the first thing that changes? Their physical changes. Over time, as you get older, your body begins to break down. You don't look the way you used to look before. Sorry, you're going to get ugly. <laughs> and that's okay. That's completely fine. It's just part of life. You know, youth goes away and things change. It's going to be harder to burn fat in places that you used to burn it when you were just a kid. All right? It's just... It's just part of the deal. My bad. Take it up with the devil. He's the one that brought sin into the world and Adam. So anyway, but think about this. The spiritual, that is what lasts forever. Forever. That should always be the most important thing because it doesn't matter how much someone's physical appearance changes. And it doesn't matter how much their emotional state changes because we change over time. Even our emotions, like the things that I liked when I was 18 are not necessarily things that I like now. The, my opinions that I had about things then are not the opinions that I have now. I mean, we change and we grow and we mature in our, our emotional state and, and when it comes to just being in society and the experiences that we have. And so the, the woman that I married 11 years ago emotionally is not the same woman that, I, that I'm married to now. And hopefully things get better over time, but sometimes things don't. And so you have to understand that if you're basing a marriage relationship, a future marriage relationship, which means you're dating, because that's all it is, is a future marriage relationship, 
on the physical and the emotional, you are incredibly unwise. Because those are two things that's like unstable water that are going to change. They will change over time. But the one thing that will not change is the Lord. He says very clearly, Malachi, chapter 3, I am the Lord, I change not. God does not change. He is the same Hebrews talks about yesterday, today, and forever. And if a person's relationship is based on the Lord, that is a rock that will not be moved, and it will last forever. So it doesn't matter how old my wife gets and how our bodies break down over time or even how her likes and dislikes change over time, she loves God. She loves God more than anything else. And that's the one thing that has attracted me to her the most. And I know that I'm going to have that as long as we both live on this earth. And I love that. And I can count on that. Physical, emotional, you can't count on that stuff. Those are nice to haves, but not essentials. I'm not saying that you shouldn't date someone that, you know, you aren't physically attracted to. That's ridiculous. (laughs) But I am saying what's important, what really matters Because we tend to look at it completely opposite. We look at it the world's way, and we are in error every time that we do that. So in the weeks to come, what we're going to do is we're going to spend some time talking about each area of that. We're going to talk about the spiritual. We're going to talk about the emotional. We're going to talk about the physical. And what you can do personally to be prepared in all three of those areas and what you need to be looking for in the other person in those three areas. All right, let's read this last paragraph, and then we be done. So make sure to take some of this stuff, look up some of these verses, because there's so much here that I wish we had time to get into. So the topic of dating only becomes a gray area as we allow ourselves to be influenced by our flesh and the world around us. If we allow gray areas to exist in our dating life, then we will also most likely allow them to exist in our engagement and marriage relationship. Compromise will always lead to more compromise. To keep our hearts with all diligence, as Proverbs 4.23 says, in this area, we need to constantly see things from God's point of view, which means we need to stay faithful in our Bible reading, studying, prayer life, and remembrance of what God's purpose is for our lives. The first and most important relationship, the one with our Savior. The Lord greatly desires to bless us with the best spouse, but we must be willing to wait, follow his lead, and trust that he knows what is best. We must be careful not to follow our own heart because Proverbs twenty eight twenty six. anyone know what that one says? He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. So the world may tell you, just do whatever your heart says. Follow follow your heart. God says, yeah, you be fool. (laughs) If you trust in your own heart, you are a fool. You need to trust in what God says over what your heart says. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and pray. Think about these things. Make sure to go over some of these notes so that way you can get some of this stuff in your mind. We're going to be diving deeper into each one of these aspects in the coming weeks. All right? Okay, let's pray. God, thank you so much for tonight and just being able to open up uh, our hearts, your word, and just to talk freely about these things. God, thank you for the things that you've taught me, uh, the things that you're still teaching me through all these things. And I pray, God, that we would be able to have relationships that would bring you honor and glory and really understand that those are the best relationships. Those are the things that really, really um, just put a magnifying glass on who you are and how great you are and That our relationships, yes, they are for our benefit, but ultimately it's for yours first. And when we pursue you and seek you first, you're going to take care of all these things. So thank you, God, for loving us the way you do and how patient you are with us and long-suffering. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.